Welcome to Jewish Songwriter, the podcast by, for, and about Jewish songwriters. I'm your host, Sheldon Lowe, and each week I interview a different Jewish songwriter to learn a little bit about their music, their lives, and their writing process. These songwriters are some of my favorite people, and I'm excited to talk to them, draw inspiration, and to share it all with you. If you're like me, you're constantly looking for new Jewish music, so I've asked each writer to share about a new song which you'll be able to hear in full on the Jewish Songwriter Spotify playlist and YouTube channel. Best of all, if you subscribe to this podcast, it'll automatically download to your device each week for free. This week's Jewish songwriter is Joni Leeds. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Glad good. to have you on here. I'm glad to be here. This is exciting. It is. So I was thinking we could start by just talking about maybe how we met. And I think my recollection is the first time we met in person, I think, was at the JCC yes. of Manhattan. Yes. And you were doing their summer camp. I was coming in for a day to do a quick concert. And, you know, I'm just my usual crazy self on the day of. And I'm like, ah, you know, trying to get everything done. But, but you were really, really sweet. And you sang with me. Yeah. Uh, do you remember yeah. anything beyond and that? <laughs> I do. I do. I, it's like, it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we going back? Almost a decade? Could be. It could be. No, I do remember that. I love playing at the JCC, by the way. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I do. I do remember that. That was was a good time. So tell me a little bit about your journey into Jewish songwriting in particular. I thought it was really cool that you started off playing, you know, around all these iconic New York City venues, the Bitter End and Arlene's and Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, and then stumbled into the kids' music. Um, Tell me about that a little bit. Yes. So I went to school for musical theater. And when I was in the musical theater department at Syracuse University, I started writing music in college. Um, When I was in high school, I was a a song leader for SEFTI in in NIFTI. And so that's when I got my start learning to accompany myself and play guitar. But it wasn't until college when I started writing music. But then when I was out of college, I had one CD under my belt and um, I moved to the city. I started working at the Bitter End um, and I did the singer-songwriter thing, working and performing in all of those bars and clubs. And then I took a job at Gymboree, which is where I started working with kids. So then from there, I started doing kids music and writing kids music because I felt like the kids music out there at the time, this is when there was really not so many children's artists that were doing it. At the time, it was Laurie Berkner, Dan Zanes, um, a couple of others. Uh, There was a really great entrance way for me to come in and, and, and do that. So I started a birthday party business. I'd still do them from time to time. And along the way, I did team up with Matt Check, Matthew Check. Mm-hmm. We were both working at Central Synagogue. This was about 2008 or 9 is when we started co-writing together. And I'm not a co-writer, but Matt and I just really kind of saw eye to eye and we knew what we wanted to write about. And the synagogue was just so lovely in that they helped us produce it. Oh, I didn't really, know that. Yeah. Um, uh, rabbi Buckdahl, well, Cantor Buckdahl at the time, mm-hmm. and now she's Rabbi Angela Buckdahl. Sure. She she helped us make this this CD, which is Chala Chala. Of course. And so that was a lot of fun. And we recorded it on like the tiniest shoestring budget you can ever possibly imagine. Uh-huh. And we would 
take our lunch break during our working day. He was, you know, working as like the principal for the school and I was doing music for the school and we would meet in my classroom and just sit there and co-write. Mm-hmm. And they came out effortlessly. And I That's hope to awesome. do more co-writing with him in the future. We're mm-hmm. talking about it. So we'll see. What is your approach to writing for children that maybe differs from your approach to writing for adults? Or is there a difference? Um, it's been a while since I've written for adults. I think when I first started writing for adults, it was strictly for um, my own just emoting like I needed to get it out. And I think for kids, when I write for kids, whether it be Jewish or secular, it's more about like, I have a job to do. Mm -hmm. I have something that I want the kids to either know about and teach them through a song Mm -hmm. or, um, for example, have kids in my class and they're like, you should write a song about a dinosaur. So then I have a job to do. I'm writing a song specifically about a dinosaur. Of course, this dinosaur lives on the Upper West Sides and likes to eat bagels, but you know. Maybe that's not an expression of Joni as an adult, but I think that might be an expression of Joni's joy from whatever time in her life, right? I think there's a lot of emotion in that. And, and I think that is in some ways what resonates for me about you know listening to your music. Mm-hmm. I try to take things from my life and put it into songs for sure. I am uh, thinking of um, Shana Punham. Mm-hmm. Was, and my, I, my, I was just talking to you about my grandfather. He fixes watches and he's this amazing jeweler. And he's, you know, in his mid 90s, my grandmother does Jewish genealogy research. And I grew up with them. They live in Boca. So there was a lot of Yiddish spoken in the house. And I wanted to do a song for them, but also as a teaching tool to the younger generation, because it is a dying language. And I think it's really important to get those words out there. I was living in Brooklyn at the time. And, you know, Yiddish is something you hear a lot, whether you mm-hmm. even try to or not. You just, it says, oy vey, you're leaving Brooklyn and on yeah. the sign as you leave and go the into Brooklyn Manhattan, Bridge. right? Yep. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's Yiddish everywhere. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to string all of those words together into a song? So that's how Shana Punham came to be. On a personal level, I also love that song because even though Yiddish was not really a part of like my tra- my family's tradition, at my summer camp we had this Yiddish mama named Ida Stack, and she would come and she was like this four foot tall woman who was larger than life actually, and she was kind of the heart and soul of the camp. But she all she did was Yiddish music at oh, the camp. Hey. By the time I mean she was many things at the camp throughout this the decades that she was there, um, but she would teach us so many Yiddish songs. And in fact, like usually lunch every day, seven days a week, there was a Yiddish song session. So, um, so cool. It was very cool. And being, being the nerd that I am, (laughs) you know, like I still really treasure that. And I, I still from time to time will find myself in these like Yiddish song sessions at my gigs, you know, like last I don't know, two, two winters ago, I was singing Yiddish songs with a crowd full of the silver sneakers in Pittsburgh, the silver <laughs> sneakers for the, the, nice. the older folks at, at the Pittsburgh JCC. But uh, I think it's really cool that you're helping to preserve that. And especially because Yiddish is like, the words are emotions and nouns in the same word, I feel like. So true. <laughs> it's so true. I'm no expert. You probably can speak from no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> from your camp experience alone, you could probably do a lot more. But you know, these are words that I heard in the house constantly while growing up. And yeah, I think it's, it is, it's important. Do you have any tricks or tips for any 
you know, music educators or cantors or song leaders or whoever's going to be singing Shana Punam? Like, how do. do you do it? I do. Okay, so basically at the concert, I'll have everybody sing along to the do-do-do-do parts. So I'll have everybody go, okay, repeat after me. do 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 now I'll try to break it down so it's not quite that long so they can get it. We'll go over it a couple of times and then I'll explain to them a couple of Yiddish words that you might hear in this song. For example, kepi. Does anybody know what a kepi is? And then you'll have someone be like, head. So it's like, okay, everybody touch your kepi. Now for like younger audiences, obviously I'll get a little bit more into this. The older audiences, they kind of know what the words are. Um, I I sang it in my classrooms actually in a nursery school uh, a couple weeks ago. And so I fell off of my chair, of course, for comic. Um, And I was like, oh, I'm such a klutz, oy vey. And so I got two of them out of the way on that one. Uh Uh-huh, nice. Stick a dish. Double whammy. Um, And then... Uh, yeah, so I'll just kind of go through everything. I'm like, when in the, the bridge, I talk about a bunch of foods. So I say, raise your hand if you've ever had babka. Hands go up, of course. Raise your hand if you've ever had a blintz. You know, blintzes. So it gives everybody the opportunity to hear the words before the song is sung. So when they come up, they'll say, oh, yeah, I know that. Nice. Do you have any sort of particular modes or um, lyrics or riffs or anything like that? I'm not sure. I think that when I first started writing music for children, whether it be Jewish music or secular music, because, you know, I do both, um, I did a lot of kind of touch your toes and clap your hands and things like that that are these do-it songs, like getting younger kids, twos and threes, to kind of do this, do that. And I felt like that was the way. And then as my writing kind of progressed, I started doing more story songs um, for example, on Chala Chala, I wrote the song Shalom Shalom, and it's just like a clapping, touch your toes, touch your nose, blow a kiss. Um, on my CD, Meshugana, which is my latest Jewish CD, it tells a really funny story about Friday night and getting crazy and u- using Yiddish words. And so, um, I think that my newer songs are more story songs and I like to tell stories in songs and I think that's really important but typically the way that I write is I have to come up with a topic or Mm -hmm. a title I'm not one of those songwriters that writes down poetry and then sets it to music Mm -hmm. that's not my process and I know a lot of people do it and it totally works for them Mm -hmm. for me I come up with a title or a subject And then from there, I take my guitar, ukulele or piano or whatever I'm playing with at the time, and I just kind of hum along to some chords, write a chord progression, and then the words, the melody, and the whole entire song just kind of word vomits out of me at at once. All at once, yeah. That's the best, though. But that's the only way I know how to do Mm -hmm. it. When someone, I've had a lot of people say, can you put my poem to song? And that's impossible for me. Like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> it's so hard. It is hard. Although if, I, if I'm going to do one first or the other first, I would hope to have the lyric first. Sure, sure. For me, it's much harder to go the other direction because then you're trying to fit words into a melody but, uh, and, and rhythm, whereas language and the way that we speak already has its own melody, right? Absolutely. It already has its own 
so so it's much easier for me to take something that's written and put it into a melody personally. Absolutely. And do you have any particular exercises that you do? I mean, I know you just sort of described your process, but are there other exercises that you do to either get in the mood or to get things flowing or that or, or maybe if it's not a particular exercise that you do just to keep practiced at it? Um, well, answer that first. And if the answer is no, I got to follow up. Well, I think with guitar, I get stuck in a rut because I am not, when you say that I'm a guitar player, I feel like that's a little generous. I, <laughs> I can accompany myself. I'm not a virtuoso. I'm not, I didn't, I'm not classically trained that's in guitar. That's what we all say. <laughs> no, no, but really, I heard you playing in there. I mean, you can do some good stuff. I I feel like I get stuck in this rut where I play the same chord progressions over and over again. And to get out of that, what I need to do is detune my guitar and just go into dadgad or something that's just a little bit different, stick a capo on. Um, those That's my trick. I'm curious if you have any advice for any, um, any songwriters, aspiring or professional. I wish that I followed this advice a little bit more, but when I was first, uh, when I first moved to the city, um, I took a songwriting class at BMI. And when I was there, I believe it was, it was either Jeff Cohen or Cliff Goldmacher who taught the class. I'm not remembering correctly. I think it was Cliff. Um, he said that every single day he reads the newspaper and gets topics. So I thought that was really interesting. And and to have like a routine, like you're going to a real job, because it is a real job. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like as a creative person, you make excuses, at least I do, sure. where you're like, okay, I'm going to write this song just as soon as I take a shower and clean this room. Because if I have like things in the corner, I'm not going to be able to concentrate. So mm -hmm. it's like, and then it's like two o'clock and three o'clock and now it's dark and like, oh, I can't write a song because it's dark. So to have structure in, a, in your day, I think is like a really good thing. And I don't always follow it, but I try yeah. <laughs> my hardest, but I need to sit there deliberately knowing that I'm going to write this song mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. and I'm not going to turn on Facebook. I am not going to turn on Broad City. I am going to <laughs> write this song. And it sometimes requires just a lot of strength. And I want to write the song. So it's not like I'm procrastinating. I'm only procrastinating because, you know, we have a lot to do. Yes. We're grownups. <laughs> yes. And I have a kid. There's like a lot going on in my life. But Sometimes you just need to compartmentalize and prioritize. And yes. I think that's the thing about being a type A musician. Not everybody's like that. Some people are just creative only and the, the business thing isn't there. Like for me, I'm very focused on the business, which I think is also important when you're a songwriter. You really need to be not just a songwriter, but you need to be a businessman or woman. And mm -hmm. I think you just need to stay true to yourself. You need to work as hard as you can you need to know what's realistic. And I always like to make goals. I want to play this venue next year and I need to book this gig for, for next year. And I want to write a song about this specific topic and it has to be done by the end of the month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, goals. It's all about goals. I think that's awesome advice. I want to just get some like real quick answers for some things like, what was the last song you listened to? I, I think actually it was Hamilton. I was oh, listening over the weekend. What's the song you're embarrassed to love? Shake It Off. Most used emoji? Um, I have to say it's probably the one with the rolling eyes. 
Yes. There's a lot of that going on lately. <laughs> Favorite food or cuisine? I love pizza and I love ice cream. But for the healthy listeners out there, um, I love Brussels sprouts and broccoli. Anything you want to share about something you're excited about? I am starting to write some more songs in the Jewish world. And while I write mostly children's music right now, I want to start writing more grown-up music. Jewish, Jewish grown-up grown music. music. Oh, cool. Well, thank you very, very much for um, being on the podcast. And uh, it's been a real pleasure. And I'm excited for dinner now. Me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You may hear my stomach growling in the background. Oh, okay. Yeah, it smells good. <laughs> it does. Go. This is Shana Punham by Joni Leeds. I know it takes a lot of chutzpah to live in a city like this. I know, I know all day. Schlepping all the groceries will surely make you schwitz. But Shana Punham, rest your cap on my shoulder. I'm full of naches off the That's it for this episode of Jewish Songwriter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. On the next episode of Jewish Songwriter... Hi, this is Noah Aronson. Jewish Songwriter is produced by Sheldon Lowe, 
edited by Ben Mazak of Native Sound on historic Cherokee Street in St. Louis, Missouri, and distributed by Hallelujah Music. Until next time, keep writing out there, and thanks for listening. Every little part of my body and soul I'm singing hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.